Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 100 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM, St. Paul, HD2, and on scorenorth.com. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Rami, breathe it in. Yeah. Yep. yep. Feel that? That's a big that yoga is breath. Outdoor baseball. You are breathing in right now. It's really nice out here. No roof needed on this 80 degree day. I said here no roof needed. CHS Field. I don't think. I think roofs are only for major league ballparks. The okay. R, the ROI isn't worth it for a St. Paul Saints organization. Okay. Yeah. Glad he's starting to see our side of the. Oh yeah, the he's coming. You knew he'd come around eventually. Yeah. So no, no need reasonable. No, no need to hashtag put a roof on. Although I'm surprised you guys love it so much out here at CHS Field, home of the St. Paul Saints, where they'll open the season tonight against the Milwaukee Milkmen, because there are no buildings to look at. I know how much you guys admire architecture, and that's why you go out to Target Field oh. on a given day is just to stare at shiny buildings and how they all look when they are, you know, conglomerated together in a city setting. But here, I mean, we're just looking at trees and, and I-94. I'm surprised you guys are so enthralled by this view. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's gorgeous because there's not a roof that starts to come over the ballpark to take away our view of said trees. The best part about minor league stadiums and the St. Paul Saints max this principle out, nothing is off limits to put a sponsorship on. Oh, no. You've got the St. Paul Eye Clinic batter's eye, which is genius. Beautiful. In fact, the uh, the tarp that covers the pitcher's mound during batting practice, it's sponsored by Splash, the, the, <laughs> the window washing. The, the foul poles are sponsored by the Minnesota tarps. Cord. There's a Treasure Island pirate boat out in the right field corner. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, it, it is a genius, genius way to, to go about making money. So we're, we're hanging out here, and we're going to do a handful of uh, just live all-day Score North lineup of shows at CHS Field. And tonight is the home opener for the St. Paul Saints. For tickets and all things St. Paul Saints related, you can go to saintsbaseball.com. We're going to hang out with uh, Sean Aronson, who's been the longtime voice of the Saints, to talk about this new city of baseball museum that they're opening up with a red carpet down there. I just went through and it. Velvet ropes. I went through it. It's you very, walked very the red cool. carpet? Yeah. Were there, was there I was paparazzi? One of the first. I did was you, one of the first. Did you stop and I pose? got one weird look like, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that yet, but I still did it. <laughs> they didn't think cool. your Score North sweatshirt was worthy of a red carpet premiere? I just got a weird look. Like that. <laughs> you, like look a that little, you look a little homeless today. Like that. I'm not, <laughs> not going, full on homeless, I'm not just going a to say something, but you should know better than to walk the red carpet right now. And I'm like, whatever, see ya. You don't. You don't look. You don't look like under a bridge homeless. You look. I would say uh, more shave. like couch surfing homeless. Well, like shave. you. Like you were just evicted last night and spent the night in the bar drinking heavily homeless. Well, that's pretty accurate though. So far. <laughs> well, I wasn't evicted, but I did yeah, we drink were, last night. We were doing the. We yeah. We were. Oh. We were tipping them back with Lindsey Whalen last night. That's what I hear. And I ate way too much. <laughs> that's also what I hear. I probably gained five pounds. Uh, so I, that's what I hear. I mean, your body has been making weird noises all day, Judd. <laughs> I, yeah, but you know what? Thank God we're outside. See, that's if, true. If we were in a retractable roof and that roof was closed, that smell would be trapped oh, yeah. in. I might be a problem. Yeah. So we're hanging out here at CHS Field for the next couple of hours. Mike Veck is going to join us, longtime owner and founder of the St. Paul Saints, to tell some stories, Bill Murray stories, et cetera. That's going to be at 540 cram session today. But I bring to you guys, I've done, I've done the digging. 
courtesy of MLB Trade Rumors, which lists out all of the free agent starting pitchers in every position this offseason and next offseason. In other words, the potential targets if you are the Minnesota Twins and you're looking to beef this thing up before the trade deadline, okay? All right. I am. Uh, I'm with Rami. I have cut the brakes. There I don't care go. if it's May 16th. There I'm you already, go. To, to me, it's July 30th right now in my mind. Nice. And I'm and I'm pouring over all the options with here. one deadline too. Correct. That's the that's an important factor here. So you don't have the the rumor that I've seen is that we're going to have trades pre All Star game now, driven by that one deadline. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to bring to you guys five starting pitcher names. I think could be game changers for the Twins down the stretch. These are guys who are either free agents after the year that you could trade for or free agents in a year and a half. So you get a year and a half of team control out of these guys depending on their situation. Now, I did leave off. There's guys like John Lester is a free agent in a year and a half, but the Cubs are going to be on the trading block. So I I, I tried to narrow it down to guys that could actually be traded and would be uh, needle-moving acquisitions if they pitched at their best, All okay? Right. So this isn't reckless speculation. This is somewhat realistic speculation. It's reckless. It's pretty, oh, okay. it's pretty All reckless. Right. All right. Yeah, it's pretty reckless. Okay. It's, it's, it's reckless. But it's Let's, awesome. <laughs> Let's get reckless then. Let's go. Number one, we've talked about him for a week and a half, Madison Bumgarner. He's a free agent after the season. Uh, he's off to a decent start with the Giants. His ERA is right around four, but I got to think, after you've pitched in worlds, three different World Series since the age of 19 and you've, and you've been a World Series MVP, it's tough to get jazzed up on a broken-down Giants team that's going nowhere, right? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he's not out there with full conviction on a nightly basis when he's pitching. So get right. him into a pennant race, you might see some of the juices. I think just him. subconsciously, I think it's human nature that when you find yourself in a situation where you need to step it up, there is an extra, there is an extra gear that you have that you only find when you're in those situations. I don't think Madison Bumgarner goes to the mound and he's like, this team sucks, man. I'm going to go about 90% today. But I think that when when you find yourself in an, in a in a competitive environment and in an intense situation, it's human nature that that extra gear comes out in you. So, yeah, I could see him being a better pitcher just by being injected into a contending team. Yeah. So, and the Giants are garbage. So, Awful. they're just like they're going to trade him. Yes. It's just a matter of who they trade him to and what the what the cost is. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer is number two in no particular order, but just he's the second guy on this list. It gets a little more complicated with Trevor Bauer for a few different reasons. He's got a year and a half left, so the the cost is going to be high because you're paying for a year and a half of one of the big-time strikeout starting pitchers in the league. You pay a division tax, I would think, on Trevor Bauer. Yeah. And he's not, he hasn't been as dominant this year as he was last year. Could it be a slow start? Could he just be, was last year his career year? Are you going to overpay for what you, what you think you're getting, which was last year, Trevor Bauer? Uh, I would still pull the trigger, but I think the cost for the Twins would be higher on him than a team outside the division or outside the league. What's, that, ta- what's that tax like? Because it's, it's like an it's extra not, prospect or something. It's not nearly as, as taboo as it was 10 years ago to make that trade if you're Cleveland, but there certainly would be some type of tax. And I'm curious how deep that would actually yeah, go. Yeah, the name an, intrigues you. It's probably an extra prospect or maybe a, a higher grade prospect okay. than, than, what another, than what they ask, might ask for from another team. Yeah, it's, it's hard to like, And there's just a certain line you have to draw if you're the Twins. You're, just, like, you're not trading Royce Lewis. And I know, that, I know that they made that mistake in 2010. They said, we are not trading Aaron Hicks. But Aaron Hicks was not the number one overall yeah. pick. I, I just think there's a difference. The Twins had a chance, Rami, in 2010 to trade Aaron Hicks in a package for Cliff Lee. And they said, anyone but Aaron Hicks. He's our guy. He's our number one prospect. I think every organization has, well, I wouldn't say every organization, but I think most organizations probably have that guy, their prized prospect, who's pretty much off limits unless something extraordinary presented itself. I know last year there was a lot of, a lot of teams asking for Keston Hero when the Brewers were, were in the hunt. And I was, I was down there covering that team, and they basically said, yeah, you can ask for anybody but Keston Hero because he was their top prospect, yeah. their first-round pick, and a second baseman who could just rake. I think he just got called up for them this week. Yeah. Uh, th- okay, the next three guys on this list, again, this, these are starting pitchers set to become free agents or will be free agents in a year and a half that are prime trade targets that could move the needle if they pitch at their best if the Twins pull the trigger. Chris Archer is having a terrible season in Pittsburgh. He's got a 558 ERA. Uh, he's his walk rate is at an all-time high, but again, he's only 30 years old, 
it just feels like Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh had a window, and they I don't know I don't even know why they took a shot on Chris Archer last year. Just the, the timing of it didn't make any sense. I think, and I, I think the Padres were thinking the same thing, which was that they they expected to contend soon, so they started they started adding earlier than a lot of teams do when they're trying to put together the core of a contending team. I think the Pirates looked at their roster and really thought they could contend by this year or next. So let's add Chris Archer, Ar- Chris Archer to the stable, and it has not exactly worked out that way. What's his contract right now? So he has a year and a half left. Okay. He is a free agent. Actually, I believe he has two team options remaining. So okay. he makes $7.6 million this year, and then he has a team option for $9 million next year, and then it looks like another team option for $11 million the year after that. And they gave up quite a bit to get him. My point being is, for the season that he's having statistically, I think the ask might be too high there. The Bumgarner trade uh, of the three names that you brought up so far to me seems the absolute cleanest. It is. Like, it's your window. Do you want to pounce? Yes, I want to pounce. Do here's, you want a long-term I'll... commitment? Not no, really. Okay, exactly. cool. This is a just a sort of a date. Flirtation. Yep. Just uh, come hang out. You don't even have to pay rent. You what's, can just. What's the, what's the baseball? Ne- Netflix and chill. <laughs> what's, what's your equivalent? Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, right. No, but I'm saying that, yeah. that's like, oh, okay, we'll give you two prospects. Yep. Uh, and then it's done. We're not going to brunch tomorrow. Yep, it's just, exactly yeah, exactly right. Just be, uh, be what it is. Twins are going to send him a hey, you up text. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so Chris Archer, too, I'm, I'm curious. I know Pittsburgh at one point was one of those teams, one of those Tampa Bay Rays-like organizations a few years ago, highly regarded for analytics, but... I don't know if I get that same sense anymore. I think if you took a guy like Archer and put him with the Twins pitching factory behind the scenes, you might see an uptick. So, all right, the other two guys you have to it, the other two guys you have to root for the current team they're on to drop out of the race. Okay. Uh, Robbie Ray has a year and a half left on his contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks are twenty four and twenty right now. Yeah. And like the, the Giants are a non factor in that division. So do I think that do I think they're gonna beat the Dodgers for that division? No, but they're not trading Robbie Ray if they're above 500. Right. So you have to root, and, and for those unfamiliar with Robbie Ray, he's 27 years old. Like I said, year and a half left on his contract. He, the last three years, since he really started clicking as an all-star in 2017, he has a collective ERA of 3.31 and one of the best strikeout rates of any starting pitcher in baseball. This dude has sneaky Chris Sale level strikeout rate but no one talks about him. And so but but again, you need him to you need his team to fall off and a is cliff. Is Arizona going to do that? Probably not. They've got Granky, they've got a pretty good ball club. I don't see that one coming to a point where Robbie Ray Robbie Ray would be available unless you absolutely paid a ransom for. I him. think the D-backs aren't they aren't sellers now obviously and very few teams are selling anything right now. Deals aren't being made, but I think by July it, they very well could be sellers. Oh, so you're saying? So you think they could be? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. They they signed Eduardo Escobar, who was having a good season. I mean, they, they they definitely made moves in the off season. They brought in Adam Jones at the last minute, and he's been great for them so far. They they went into the season planning on contending, so but it's going to take a big drop. Off. I just think there are too many good teams in the National League for them to to actually contend, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they start unloading some of those. But can they afford to do that? To bail, like with with that fan base and trying to keep people um, intrigued with that team, can they afford to, ba- to uh, the perception that they're bailing in July when they're still going to be sniffing around? I mean, I don't I, know about I, that. I, I don't know how much of a fan base they have to begin with in Arizona. But that's what I'm, that, <laughs> right, but that's the point, is, is can you alienate what's left of that fan base. I feel like you're or, trying to poke holes into my Robbie Ray Twins uniform journey here. No, I'm, no, I'm trying I to. I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep the eye on the one prize so far <laughs> that you brought get up. Get you to pump the brakes. Yeah. No, I'm no, not, no. I'm not You've here got to pump the brakes. The Bumgarner thing. I've got so Bumgarner and Robbie Ray and Jose Barrios in a starting rotation. Yeah. <laughs> okay? I don't okay, know why. Then. Why this is hard. Um, and then the fifth guy. The fifth guy is. You might roll your eyes at this, but the fifth guy has been with the Atlanta Braves for like seven years. He's. Ne- I don't even think he's 30 years old yet. Have you guys ever seen Julio Tehran pitch yes. for Atlanta? He's one of the most electric pitchers you can watch. I want to see. So, so this guy has uh, a year and a half left on his deal with the Atlanta Braves, who are like a 500 team, but that division's been so bad. That's another team that thinks they can contend, and they're just not. They've got some great young pieces, but yeah, they do. I, I feel like if you put that dude, again, in a situation where 
somebody knows how to drive the car for him. I think he could be an unbelievable pitcher down the stretch. You just got like he's one of those guys that drives a Ferrari but can't reach the pedal, and you just have to figure out how not to crash the car. His stuff moves all over the place, um, and his numbers have kind of fluctuated up and down throughout the years. But that's my list: Chris Archer, Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Julio Tehran, and Trevor Bauer. Go get it. Twice. Is the pedal hard to reach in a Ferrari? It seems like a never, pretty be, never been in one. Car, I would <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That. It's easy to reach. I've never been in one, yeah. No? No. Never even sat in one in like a showroom at a car show? Oh, I don't care about cars. <laughs> Me no. Either. I don't either. Absolutely not. Which is why I don't know the answer to this. But, Phil, I have an interesting proposition for all good names. All good names you got there. No, there's just one. And I, I re- you, you take, did a, the, take the playoff guy. You, okay? did, you did a lot of work. But what if, what if I was to say to you, Phil Mackey, twins don't need a starter. I'd be totally fine if we went from now until the end of the season and into October as the AL Central champions and didn't add a starter to this rotation. because so you're comfortable with Jake Odorizzi starting game two yep. of a division series against the Yankees. Totally. When am. Aaron Judge is back. I totally am. And if you, th- if you think you can get somebody who's good enough to slot into your number two spot at the trade deadline, maybe that's something you pull the trigger on. But those guys are, are few and far between. Jake Odorizzi's been real good this year, and I expect him to continue to be real good. Maybe it's a little bit of regression. But I don't think he's going to completely fall off the map. I think this rotation that you have now is absolutely good enough to to win this division. That's why I've cut the brakes. And honestly, if you go into a playoff series and your four starters are Barrios, Odorizzi, Martin Perez, and Gibson, I'm good with that. Wow. I'm good with that. I'm totally fine with that because... Your two and three might not be as good as their two and three, maybe, and I and I don't even know if that's a I mean, certainty. Chris Sale, David Price, okay, and they're going to add a piece. But we're gonna, the the Twins are going to mash. The Twins are going to mash and just outscore you if 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 that's what it turns into. And honestly, I'd rather add an arm or two to the bullpen because I I think that's that's less playoff ready at this point than than your starting rotation is. And I'm already thinking about how do we line this thing up for October. I'm not thinking about how do we get the pieces that push you into October. I'm thinking about what does this team look like. How far do you want to go? What do you mean? I mean, do you want yeah. to, do you want to get to the first round and, and go out there? Do you want to get try and get to the ALCS and go out as there? far as you can? Yeah. Do you want to get because if you're going to go, if you really think that you have a championship window opportunity open, you need to add, I think, at least one more probably prominent starter and to, and to the bullpen. And you've at that point, if you can do both, if, do both. If you're going to cut the brakes, I think you have to. Like if I'm going to get in your car, which is speeding right now at a un- how do you get on by the way? Speed. Now that it's speeding and the brakes are cut, I can't stop or slow Keanu down Reeves for like. you. I'm oh. Keanu Reeves. I told you before. <laughs> you guys ever drive around like like it's speed okay? in, in the mountains and they have those they have those those sand piles for semi trucks out of control semi yeah. trucks going down the hill? Like yeah. you need one of those basically. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, so I, you're riding you're alongside. Yeah. In another vehicle yep, and, and jumping, jump jumping onto exactly the twins right. wagon. All exactly right. right. And <laughs> okay. if I'm going to do that, what I need is agreement that you need to get one more prominent starter and bullpen help, and that it can't be just one piece. Keep in mind too. Let's say let's say the Madison Bumgarner thing happens at some point, and and you're looking at the other pitchers in your rotation saying, okay, which guy converts to a multi-inning bullpen role? Well, Martin Perez. Has Martin Perez right. could very much be that swing guy that pitches three innings at a time in the postseason, and you handcuff him to like your number three. You handcuff him to Jake Odorizzi or something. So you could wind up by adding a starter. You could wind up adding a reliever too, just from your own starting rotation. Something to think about. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm just saying I don't think it's necessarily imperative that that you go out and get a starter between now and then. And if it's either or, if it's bullpen arms or a starter, for me, I'll, I I think. Bullpen arms are a more pressing need for this Twins team than going out and getting a Madison Bumgarner. But don't you feel, as we watch this team and the potential that certainly seems to be there now as we have this conversation, don't you feel like it's both? If you're going to make a a realistic run, I'm not completely comfortable with either right now, but I do think that there is an opportunity for this team to make a run. There's no question. The division's not that good. The Twins are good. Uh, But if you are, this is a weird thing. Because I think if you were to get Derek Falvey to sit down right now and pump him full of truth serum that he would tell you, I'm a little bit surprised. Like, I thought we'd be good, and I thought that, that we would have an opportunity. But as June 1st approaches now, that opportunity appears to be, or that, that window of opportunity appears to be far more wide open than I think the Twins ever thought it would be, say, in January. Is there any limit 
to how much you're willing to do in terms of adding to this team this like what, year? Like, like how crazy are you talking here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like What's shot, that look in your eye? Like, ta- like, 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 <laughs> shot, like shots of twins. Are you willing, are you willing to give up enough to get a, a, a really good arm for your bullpen and add another guy to your rotation? Yes. Okay. I think you could do that. Yeah, I'm willing to pay money for Craig Kimbrell and prospects for... No, I mean in trades. Craig Kimbrell, I want Craig Kimbrell, but right now we're talking about trades, and I, would, I think that's the more likely scenario at this point. I would, I would prefer to not give up four top 20 prospects for this team. Which is what it's going to take if you want to add both those things to this team. But so I'm, I'm saying if, you need, if you're going either or, okay, if it's I either prefer- a starter or a reliever, I say add arms to this bullpen. I'm with Phil, but that being said... This is a really unique opportunity right now. A starter, a starter, whether it's Kyle Gibson or the guy you trade for, is going to have an impact on one game in a seven-game series. I don't feel like your it's bullpen fair. is going to have an impact on seven games. I don't feel it's fair that, that you have cut these uh, these breaks. You're flying down the the incline. You're going downhill. I mean, it's not all downhill. There's some uphill, so, but yet you're sort of pumping with a oh, prospect here, prospect. I, I think you got to go all the way. Yeah. To be continued. All right. To be continued. There's a lot more of this on the five-day-a-week Score North Twin Show, too, which uh, you can find a couple episodes today. Glenn Perkins on baseball available on the Score North mobile app. And anywhere you download podcasts, just search Score North Twin Show, and uh, you guys can find a five-day-a-week twin show from the three of us, Derek Wetmore, Patrick Royce. There's contributors like Glenn Perkins, Buster Only, Tom Kelly, is on the team. I loved Glenn Perkins today talking about the uh, electronic strike zone. Oh, yes. Robot umpire takeover, baby. Yes. Uh, and that's a player's perspective right there. We're going to get the scoop on one of the cool. If you're a baseball fan and you have a chance here sometime this week to check out the brand new City of Baseball Museum here at CHS Field, you should. We're going to give you uh, the scoop on that with Sean Aronson when we come back. Mike Vex going to join the show in the 5 o'clock hour cram session, but let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities for a brief moment. That would be Lutherdale Toyota. In fact, I'll bet you if you did cut the brakes on your Toyota, the folks in that service department are so great. If you're a Twins fan and you're cutting the brakes, like Rami said, they'll probably fix those brakes for you if things don't turn out for the Twins <laughs> in the second half of the season. Um, it's pothole season still. I, I, In fact, I was driving around today and saw a bunch of uh, various spots around the Twin Cities that are getting patched up, so I'm glad to see that we are patching up some of these ridiculous potholes. But if potholes have done a number on your vehicle, make sure you get in and see the tire specialist at Luther Brookdale Toyota. And they'll make sure that your alignment is okay, that your tires are okay, and that there's no underlying issues. Also, it's a great chance for you to check out some of the brand new 2019 trucks and SUVs, the Tundra, the RAV4. The RAV4 is one of the best vehicles in the world. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from CHS Field today. Thank you, Lindsay. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-news Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and live today from CHS Field, home of the St. Paul Saints, and uh, they open their season tonight with the Milwaukee Milkmen, 705 first pitch out here at CHS Field. For tickets and all things St. Paul related, St. Paul Saints related, visit saintsbaseball.com. And new this year to CHS Field is the City of Baseball Museum, Phil. Opens tonight on opening night, and uh, we have a special guest here in the booth to join us and talk about Yeah, Sean Aronson is the voice of the St. Saint Paul Saints, and uh, they've rolled out the red carpet specifically for Judd Zolgad. <laughs> just there, for Judd. Like. L- let me just say first, thank you very much for having me on here because uh, I believe I've been on these airwaves once where I filled in for you two guys. On the deadest sports day of the year, it was the, it was two days after the All Star Game, the Major League Baseball All Star Game, like a couple of years Ooh. ago. Oh, no, yeah. it was fine. It was great. Yeah. I've never been invited back since, and I'm th- I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. That day off, very much planned by both of us. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Coincidence. That was not like, a coincidence. Like if you look at the calendar, you're yeah. like All Star post All Star Game. Let's see how can I not work that day? Hundred <laughs> percent. I I don't blame you, and I think they were about. 27th down on the list before they found me to, to take that day. I was, I was apparently dumb enough to say, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> the, other day, realizing. the other impossible day that we found, and it's mostly just like no one's listening, it's the, the Black Friday after Thanksgiving, you oh, think, okay. oh, it's middle of football season, and people, no one's listening, you're full, you're mostly still in a comatose state right. from eating stuffing and turkey the day before, so if you want to fill in for us on that day, too, you're, you're definitely welcome to. My, my, my dates on Thanksgiving are a lot... Uh, 
a lot more beneficial for me than, than like during a baseball season. Like I'd filled in on, on that day, but it was during our season. And I think what your show was on at, I don't know, 5, 6 a.m. It, it was It was actually nine hours uh, straight. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, so I had, to, I had to wake up early to do that and then come over here and do my normal job. But I, yep. like I said, it was great. I had a lot of fun. So, so t- tell us about this uh, City of Baseball Museum and just some of the things that people can expect to find as they, as they tour through. We're, I mean, you're talking to baseball nerds yeah. here, and I think a lot of people who listen to us are baseball nerds as well. I, I think people are going to be surprised at the connection to some very big name players and the city of St. Paul. Uh, the, city of Saint, the City of Baseball Museum honors the history of baseball, not just for the St. Paul Saints, which dates back to the late 1800s, but the history of baseball in St. Paul. And you're going to see things in there. Uh, Babe Ruth, there's a connection with him. The, the St. Paul Saints uh, used to be an affiliate in the 20s and 30s of the Yankees. Wow. And so uh, Babe Ruth came through town and played one game in St. Paul against uh, the, the minor league team. Uh, Charles Comiskey, which is a big name in, in baseball, actually got the original St. Paul Saints team here. He moved his team from Sioux City, Iowa, to St. Paul in the late 1800s, um, and, and they played at the, at the old, old Lexington Park. So, uh, again, there, there's a, a number of amazing things over there. Did I see uh, a story d- down there as well that's pretty prominently displayed around Comiskey that says... Charles Kaminsky thinks the 1919 World Series might have been fixed. <laughs> I got news for him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, you know, but but again, it's amazing I, it's to see. Yeah, it's amazing to see how you can weave the fabric of baseball history and how it can somehow play a role in in St. Paul. Some some are direct degrees of separation. Others are, you know, four or five degrees of separation. But still, I mean, it, it really is amazing. And and I didn't know a lot of that stuff that's down there. How do you go about? Putting together a, a Hall of Fame like that. Well, our, our owner, our in principal terms of, owner, you know, yeah. the, getting all the materials yeah, our, in there and our, the, the memorabilia. I'll say this: our principal owner, Marv Goldklang, who who's a tremendous guy, will will never ever do an interview. Doesn't like the spotlight. That's where Mike Vett comes in, in where he'll be here in the next hour. But he came across uh, something from Charles Comiskey and didn't know about it and started doing a little bit of digging and realized there's a whole history here. And then he he said. We really we should do a museum, and then you start going to auctions, and you go online, and then you reach out to. There's this hidden community out there that collects all this memorabilia, and a couple of those people are are here in St. Paul, and we reached out to them, and they were kind enough to say, "Yeah, we'll lend you our stuff, and um, you know you can display it in the museum." What we're working on, and I think we're going to be able to get it. We host the All Star Game this year for the American Association, uh, July 22nd, July 23rd. We're working on getting a Babe Ruth bat for mm. that All-Star game. So, uh, right, like, those things aren't just around. You can't just go to your local, you know. Well, they're tree trunks store. for yeah, one. well, exactly. <laughs> you can't go to your local sports store or, you know, memorabilia shop and just say, hey, can I get the Babe Ruth bat, please? And, and we're working on it, and I think we're going to be able to have it here for the All-Star game. That That's awesome. Babe Ruth yeah. swung a telephone yeah. pole. Yeah. So I, my, my one time ever at the, uh, the, the Cooperstown oh, yeah. Hall of Fame, yeah. And they've got they changed the bat rules at some point in our lifetimes oh, sure. where you just like you can't walk up there with a telephone pole. But I mean, it's literally like it's a bat that's illegal by several inches yeah. and by several ounces to to look at guys swinging those bats a hundred years ago is pretty amazing. Well, you that's think amazing. about how out of shape that guy was too by yeah. today's standards, and the fact that he could swing that yeah. um, and be as prolific as he was. What of all the stuff that you guys came across and bought and or uh, got in, into that? What was the biggest surprise, Sean, to you? What didn't you know or what did you get and think, my gosh, this is really a cool thing? Uh, so Bill Sharman, who is a Hall of Fame basketball player. I saw the basketball. Yeah, played for the St. Saint Paul Saints, which I didn't realize. He played yeah. for like five years for the St. Saint Paul Saints while playing in the NBA at the same time. Right? Really? Yeah, back then. Celtic, is that right? Yeah, it's, yeah, he was prominently with the Celtics. Okay. Also played for the Los Angeles Lakers okay. um, and, and a couple other teams for a couple of years. But uh, there's a signed basketball of him in there. I, I, I had no idea. I had, uh, there's a connection between George Hallis. Uh, the, yeah, the, the famed NFL coach and and, and the St. Saint Paul Saints and, and what's so, the tie to George Hallis? Uh, you're gonna you put me on the spot here. 
<laughs> Rami heard bears yeah. and he was yeah. like, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. What? Yeah. I, I was trying to just skirt by that. Like, look, no worries. It's so funny. I was, I was, I've been giving tours to certain media people and they, they ask me questions or to talk on camera. And half the stuff I make up, I, I don't know what I'm saying half the time. <laughs> you put me on the spot. It I sounds convincing, all right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you filled yeah. in. You just make stuff up. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's, you that's, that's, why, that's why I'm a play-by-play broadcaster. You think, <laughs> you think for three hours I, everything I say is truthful? Just make it up. Sean Aronson hanging out with us here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami live from CHS Field. Home opener tonight. And uh, is it Dollar Beer Night tonight? It is Dollar so Beer Night. Opener tonight. and Dollar Beer Night. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, we, we have everything. First 5,000 fans are going to get a uh, T-shirt jersey of the uh, 1898 St. Paul Apostles. Don't ask me about the St. Paul Apostles. I don't know anything about it. Was there, was there, was there a Bears connection? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, George Hallis, yeah, right? Um, but, yeah, so, so we're going to do uh, three or four stadium uh, series giveaways this year that, that relate to that, and, and tonight is the first one. I want to ask you uh, – Another nerdy baseball question. Yeah, fire away. This is a very big picture, but okay. what is your you you've been around baseball for your entire professional life? Yeah, nineteen years now. What is your favorite thing about coming to a ballpark on a regular basis? Well, I'll answer it this way. First, it's it's the unexpected, right? You never know what you're going to see on, on a night to night basis. But here with the Saints, um, it is the incredible energy that is provided by a the fans, but b the entertainment crew that we have out there. There is nothing like minor league baseball. And I, Major League Baseball has done a much better job of starting to shift a little bit towards that to give you that entertainment value. They'll never yeah. go completely over there. But if you asked any fan that comes in here, let's say in mid-July, early August, what's the St. Paul Saints record? Right? They're not going to know. They just know that the entertainment value that we provide – and so our attendance is not affected by that. But if you go down the road seven, eight miles, and in some of the years in which the Twins have had a, a tough season, and in any major league ballpark, the, the attendance is reflected by that. If they add a little bit of that entertainment value, I think you're going to be able to keep the fan, and, and they're not going to care, I don't want to say as much, but you'll, you'll get the casual fan that will come out because of the entertainment value that you have. Yeah. Where does a Milwaukee team get off calling itself the Milkman? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's I mean, it's Dairyland, man. Here's here's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's the last thing I think. I know it's Dairyland, it's but the the Dairyland. Last thing I think it, about. It's it's better than some of the names that were sitting there as finalists. One of the finalist names that we joked about in the office when we saw it was Crop Dusters. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> right. That's, like if that's you had, brilliant. If Jonathan they had Harrison gone with the, Mil, the Milwaukee that's Crop nickname, Dusters, actually. yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? The, it, <laughs> okay, but, but I, that was yeah. one of their finalists. So that, I, look, I almost like that one more. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you can do a lot with it. But what's yeah, the logo? Uh, for the crop duster. Yeah, well, that's fair. I, I don't know. Just maybe, a cloud. maybe they'll do an alternate night one night, and that will be their name. I actually have a list here. I wanted to bring this up okay. with, uh, with Sean hanging out with us from foxsports.com. Okay. This is from 2016, and they ran, I, and I haven't gone through this whole thing. I just wanted sure. to go through and see if I'm sure the Saints could, could or are on this list. Okay. The 12 craziest minor league promotion nights okay. of whatever time period they surveyed. I'm just going to go through some of these, and if you have thoughts or comments anyone go sure. ahead speed dating night uh in 2007 the new britain Rockcats, double yeah. a affiliate of the minnesota twins at the time held a speed dating night in the stands during a game in which eligible bachelors and bachelorettes changed seats every inning and documented their encounters on scorecards here's all i'll say you want to do that Let's make it 50 nights in the press box with me. We'll do, we'll do one inning every night. And at the end, I choose someone. Right? I don't see why we can't Like The do Bachelor? That. Yes. But you're picking your broadcast partner? Well, no. We pick a date for you. It, it's I'm 50, sorry. It's 50 speed dating moments for like a half an inning. And if they can stand me for a half an inning and I can stand I love for a half I would inning, say they bring them back this is for another a, half This inning. is a fantastic right? idea. I would say just give you a phone that's somehow connected <laughs> to the scoreboard out there and you swipe right and swipe <laughs> left and everybody can watch what you're doing live. We did that. We did a human, uh, a, a real life sort of, like, I, we, I forgot what we called it, but it was like this Tinder matched, all, all rolled into one and did it in person where we put out a line of guys and, and a, a female went by and just swiped in person. It was unbelievable. It was unreal. It's unreal. Uh, there was awful nights. The Altoona Curve, a double-A affiliate of the Pirates at the time, uh, hosted Awful Night, which was a purposely structured night to give fans a terrible ball game experience. So they had uh, sporks instead of forks handed out for food. Uh, actually, I think they gave those out at the gates for, for the giveaway. 
and uh, the PA announcer was consistently reading players' names incorrectly with bad music playing. There was a Who Wants to Be a Turkish Millionaire Night, a Toilet Seat Cushion Night at okay. one point with the Hudson Valley uh, Renegades. That, that is one of our sister teams. Okay. Yep. Oh, this is you guys are you guys are doing this. The office space. The office space. Well, yeah. this yeah, the office space thing comes around. This was the ten year yeah. someone did it, and uh, the are you are you guys are we going to be able to like yes. get a fax machine yes. or something? Yes. Okay, oh, I don't yeah. want. Okay, yeah. because be we would love to smash off. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, wow, Mike Tyson ear night, the Fort Myers <laughs> miracle. Yeah, plastic so. ears were given out in honor of Mike Tyson's biting Evander Holyfield's ear off. What year was that? Doesn't say anything. I feel like I was there for that. I worked for the Miracle for four years, <laughs> so I feel like whenever that right fight on, was, right I feel like one? I was there. I feel like I was there for it. Let's see what else. Also we have. owned by the our ownership group at the time. They've since sold the Fort Myers Miracle. Silent Night. This was a Mike. This was a Mike Vec yeah, promotion that was here. Yeah, in Charleston. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the best promotional nights in baseball was Silent, Silent Night. Night. Yeah. So the there was lowest no music, attendance no record. Nothing? Correct. So he did, cheering was forbidden until yep. the fifth inning during the game, and many fans created <laughs> signs to cheer and boo instead of vocalizing it. They also did a nobody night out there where they didn't allow fans in until the fifth inning. That's, that's amazing. I remember that yeah. one, yes. <laughs> and then uh, juice box night, Jose Canseco, who bump, bounced around from different uh, minor league and independent league teams, they gave away juice boxes to fans at the gates when, when Jose Canseco would come to town. Yeah. Juice box there you night. Go. You, you want to hear my favorite one for this year that we're doing? I don't know how much time we have. No, we've got, we got a minute left. Okay. So this year is the 50th anniversary of man landing on the moon. So as you walk into the ballpark on the night that we're doing it, and I haven't memorized our promotion schedule, so I apologize. I think it's sometime in June. We are going to give the first 5,000 fans – boxers with the moon on the rear end oh that's great and then in whatever select half inning we're going to do a ballpark wide mooning where you will <laughs> theoretically put the the boxers over your actual pants and then pull the the boxers down but i guarantee you there will be people in the ballpark that will literally drop full trowel if beer night. sales go well yeah they well, will do yeah that. for sure no, is that a dollar no beer doubt. night also <laughs> i don't know i have to look at that i don't i don't if know if it is joe buck already think thinks that. it's yeah. disgusting yeah. <laughs> that's fine that's fine sean aronson thanks for joining us Thank man we much. really appreciate, appreciate it, it. voice you. of the saint paul saints come uh, come if you're, if you're not going to come out for opening night tonight at some point check out the city of baseball museum grand opening tonight we're going to come back and uh, Rami, tell us about Seth Everett when we come back. Seth here. Everett is uh, one of the better baseball writers in the country, also the host of a couple of really fine podcasts. And uh, he was a weekly guest on my show down in Milwaukee, and he was on with my old co-hosts. And apparently, for some reason, takes exception with my "put a roof on it" movement. Good. So then we'll, he's welcome to come on the show so when we come guy. back here. He'll join us right after this. But let's talk first about Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which reminds us all to drive safe. I know we all think we're good at multitasking, like, hey, I can do nine things at one time because it's the technology era. But it is scientifically proven that we can't multitask. We're always, we're always uh, robbing from one area of our brain to pay another one, and that applies to things in the car as well. Not just phones, by the way, the radio, food, drinks, passengers, all vying for our attention inside the vehicle. There were 3,400 people killed in distracted driving accidents just a couple years ago at last survey in the United States. 391,000 people were injured in accidents involving distracted drivers in 2015. So always making sure that reaching our destination safely is the number one priority. That's the key to uh, avoiding some of these disasters. When your attention is where it needs to be, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today on the roads. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from CHS Field today. Thank you, Lindsay. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Live today from CHS Field, home of the St. Paul Saints, of tonight's season opener, taking on the Milwaukee Milkmen at 7.05. For tickets and all things St. Paul Saints related, visit saintsbaseball.com. Mm -hmm. And to listen to Score North, three easy ways to listen on the go. Say Alexa, open Score North. If you have an Amazon Alexa device, type in live.scorenorth.com, enter web browser, or... Go get that Score North mobile app. It's really handy dandy. It's available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Your one stop shop for all of our podcasts and our uh, articles, our columns as well. All there at your fingertips. Joining us now on Mackie and Judd with Rami, National Baseball Insider, host of the Sports with Friends and Hall of Justice podcast, my old buddy, Seth Everett. Seth, how are you this afternoon, man? 
What is going on? It's been too long. You never call. You never write. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had I had to call you this time because uh, Sparky, my old my old co-host uh, down yeah. in Milwaukee, Piper, he said yeah. he said that they had you on uh, earlier this week, and he's all he said. He said, you got to get Everett on your show. He's not happy with you and your movement. And I assume he's talking about the put a roof on it movement and not other kinds of movements. What is your issue with the put a roof on it movement? You seem like a logical, intelligent fellow, Seth. It oh, seems wow. like something you can oh, get down wow. with. Here we go. No, no. This is, this, is, this is my thing. And please, I love you, Rami. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. But when the Minnesota Twins got the deal to build Target Field, where were you? I was in Milwaukee. What do you mean, where was I? You know where I was. So this is like the NBC promo that says, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying the movement is overdue? I I made a lot of statements about to build a new ballpark in Target Field that it doesn't at least have a retractable roof is insanity. But that's an argument that's five years old. Yeah, it is. So now, now Rami comes to Minnesota, a place I love and I have a connection to. Yeah. By the way, I'm Seth thrilled. once worked with Prince. I forgot to mention that oh, wow. when I was plugging stuff. Seth once worked with Prince. He can tell <laughs> and, that story before we hang happy up. To, happy to talk about that at any time. But the fact of the matter is, is that I see Rami come to Minnesota, and I'm keeping track. I follow him on social media. I'm keeping track. And all of a sudden, I said, this is the best argument he's got? A second-year-old <laughs> argument? It's also, it, it's also, so I like. That it's trending that it snows in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so I, lo- I love to compare everything to professional wrestling, apparently. And so, like, what you did was, you're, it's like you're new yeah. And you're like the villain wrestler who walks it walks into Madison Square Garden wearing a Boston Bruins jersey uh-huh. just to get booze from the crowd. <laughs> right, right. That's what's that happening. My issue. My, my, look, I think it's insanity. When you tweet pictures of these fans shivering with their mittens, with the holes in the mittens because they're putting it in their mouth, like, I see all these ugly pictures. I get it. But... But this was an argument. We've had this show, and all I'm saying is the fact that you are trying to get this to trend, all I'm saying is can we do a 2019 topic? That's all I'm saying. Yes. I mean, so what you got for us, Rami? I got here. I saw a problem, and I'm trying to fix it. It's what I do. I see problems. I try to fix said problems. But Seth is right. It's too late now. I mean, is it, though? You got to pick something new. Has an architect told us that it's not possible? (laughs) Have we talked to engineers? Jonathan, get us an architect. Are you going to get, like, Mike Brady to come in and draw you? <laughs> with his drawings, yeah. Greg. I think I've solved this problem. I put a roof on Target Field. Like he, so here's here's the segue. So what what we have said for nine or ten years is, yes, we know it's cold and we know that it's mostly miserable in March and April. And at some point, we'd love to be miserable, Seth, in October. In October, right? We would we would gladly sure. be miserable in October if it meant the Twins are playing an ALCS home game against the Boston Red Sox. So the segue is. Do you think the Twins have a chance to play October baseball this season? Well, I thought a lot more so that uh, Corey Kluber went down with that injury. Uh, I think the division's wide open, and I think the Twins are in a great position. Uh, I remember my fights with the Twins. I had a great fight with the Twins back in 2002 because they were rats in the Metrodome press box. And I did like an hour on my show about how there were rats in the press box, and the Twins management came down and they said, for the love of God, can you stop talking about the rats in the press box? And all I said then was, get rid of the rats, I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> that's, a, that's an awful thing to call Patrick Royce, by the way. I don't it was, uh, is Mike Herman still there? Uh, Mike Herman, uh, he is still working. He's not in communications, but he is still working with the Twins, yes. I don't think he's a fan, just so you know. I don't think he's going to love this segment. We'll keep that in mind. But, but Seth, the, the important thing is, is this then. You saw the Metrodome in, in all its, and I use air quotes here, glory. So oh, that, is, yeah. that is why people like me who uh, had to attend indoor baseball in Minneapolis from the tender age of 12 to 40, my prime drinking years, will gladly sure. take some cold April baseball so I can sit outside under the sun in June and July into August and not be in that godforsaken Metrodome, which was built for football and wasn't very good for football or baseball. 
Well, and it's funny when in April when baseball uh, was, was revealed that baseball was down across league wide four percent in attendance, and Rob Manfred, which is one of the phoniest quotes you'll ever see from him, is that he blamed it on weather. And all I said on Twitter is, "Watch, Rami Makhlouf's going to take this to his roof, put a roof on it." <laughs> I said, "Watch this, right? It, it, like this will this will be how this goes." And it's funny because the the weather across the country has not been god awful when it comes to baseball. Um, there have been pockets, but for the most part, the Northeast and the West have not been incredibly impacted, and yet. Attendance, which last year had its lowest attendance in 15 years, first time under 70 million for the first time since 2003, and they're down 4% from those numbers. It's not looking good for Major League Baseball. Yeah, but Seth, and I don't, I don't think it's as simple as it's not. We have bad weather, so people don't come out on a given day. I think it has to do with with developing the, the habits of your fan base and pre-sales because. If I'm a fan living in St. Cloud or Mankato and it's a long drive for me to come to, sure. to, to the Twin Cities, I'm not going to buy a ticket two or three months in advance. And then when it comes closer, the way people work, right. you look at it and you go, well, yeah, I could, go to, I could go to Minneapolis to watch a Twins game, but I could also do this. I could also do that. I could also do this. And, 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 and the example I use is Milwaukee because that's where I came from and I watched it happen firsthand. They developed the habit of it's spring, it's summer, it's time to go tailgate and watch Brewers baseball. Not because the baseball was always great, but because it was always there and it was always on time and it was always in a comfortable setting. And last year, the Brewers, just, just for the note, you know, to, to help Rami's point, last Thank year you. the Brewers were one of three teams in Major League Baseball that saw attendance increases. Only three. And part of wow. that, and there was a study shown, that part of that was the fact that they knew that the games were going to be played no matter what. And there's, yeah, that... there's something to be said about that, that argument. However, that was the argument that we said when the legislature was talking about trying to improve public funding for, for the, the construction of Target Field. I mean, the argument has been, if you think about the roller coaster ride that the Minnesota fan has been put through from the part where I remember covering press conferences in Minnesota when there was talk about contraction. Carl Polad, the late Carl Polad, was trying to contract the Twins. And now you have a brand beautiful new ballpark. The fact of the matter is, is that franchise has received viability and respect league-wide that they simply didn't have 10 years ago. See, Rami's Brewers argument basically just means that more people sit in an airplane hangar. Like, that's what I hear. <laughs> Attendance is better. More people sit good. in an airplane hangar. <laughs> hey, Seth, you, you bring up an interesting name and point on a bigger scale. In your mind, what type of, if you grade him, for instance, what type of job in your mind has Rob Manfred done as commissioner since he took office? Well, you know, it's very, it's a tough topic for me because, uh, Rob and I work together at MLB and, uh, you know, I've, I've had many a slice of pizza with the guy and, you know, I, I've considered him an, uh, you know, a pretty good acquaintance. You know, we know each other pretty well. However, uh, I have uncovered some things about Rob Manfred, uh, on my podcast, my Sports with Friends podcast that shows some corruption in Major League Baseball. There has been accusations of human trafficking. Uh, there has been accusations of him looking the other way when it came to the steroid issue. Uh, there have been accusations of him going all out to target Alex Rodriguez. And I did a podcast with a former security advisor for Major League Baseball and one of the lead investigators, Eddie Dominguez, who wrote a book called Baseball Cop. And, Rami, I think I talked to you about this. Uh, I had Eddie on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And when he did, he opened up my eyes. I read his book. And then I subsequently talked to Terry Francona's son, Nick, who is a former executive with the Dodgers and the Mets, who also accused baseball of human trafficking. So I would say that Rob, uh, Rob Manfred has a lot to answer for. And if you notice, this year they announced it was very, very underpublicized, but they announced new rules when it came to accepting uh, Cuban baseball players. And that's the lead human trafficking accusation is Cuba. And all you have to say to Rob Manfred is, can you explain how Yasiel Puig got here? Yeah. And he can't. He can't. And so for a league that is in a full-on crisis, uh, baseball's pace of play is at a, has never been slower. Um, there's a great statistic. Last year, baseball had 11,000 
less balls hit in play than 2008. So mm-hmm. we're not even talking about, like, the get-off-my-lawn folks who are saying baseball was better in the 80s. That's not the argument. The argument that it is is that in 10 years, this sport has gone through a metamorphosis, and it's not for the better. And the problem is the players have become anonymous. I have challenged radio shows in the past. I challenged the same thing to you guys. Play a random Mike Trout soundbite. Come out of a commercial break with a random Mike Trout soundbite. Give a score T-shirt to the first person who recognizes his voice. Yeah. Nobody knows. And this applies to uh, baseball has become a regional sport. It has become all about making sure the Twins fan likes the Twins, but the Twins fan doesn't know one guy on the Blue Jays. And there's something wrong with that. That's Seth Everett. Check out the Hall of Justice and Sports with Friends podcast. Seth, we are up against a break. We'll have to get the Prince story from you next time. And it is a fine, fine story as someone who's heard it before. We'll lead (laughs) off with that next time we get you on. And we will have you on again soon, man. I encourage everybody to check out those podcasts. Thanks again, Seth. Thank you, Seth. Thanks, guys. It's great to meet you guys. And Rami, it's a five-year-old argument. That's all right. I'm going to keep with it. It's a, it's a 10-year-old it's argument. It's working actually. for me. Yeah, he's not going to drop it. Follow him on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. And, so uh, there it is. It's not going to stop you, though, from no. sending out your no. No. People have had terroristic people, open ballpark tweets. People have been much angrier than that with me over the put a roof on your movement, and that hasn't stopped that, me. So that Manfred stuff was really intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's tip of the iceberg stuff of a place I didn't even think he was going. Yeah, we yeah. talk about, like, the, the rules changes yeah, that he wants right, to implement yeah. and, and it not being available digitally. As, as accessible or as accessible wow. as some of the other leagues are, but there are some bigger, more serious problems, it appears, for Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball than, than the things we often talk about. Uh, when we come back to CHS Field here, where we're, we've been hanging out all day, Score North shows uh, from noon until 6 o'clock as we lead up to opening home opener night for the Saints, and we're going to be doing some broadcasts from here throughout the year, so we're looking to have some fun here with the St. Paul Saints, but Cram Session, Mike Veck will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Cram Session includes meltdowns, dysfunctional teams, and athlete I'm going to tell you right now, I'm having some internet issues out here at CHS Field. I have not seen the Cram Session questions at all, and I'm not going to try and find them during the break. Okay. Going to answer these on the fly. Coming in totally blind, Jonathan. And I'm going to win this bad boy. Yep. Yes, sir. We'll do that next. Put a muzzle on it, Mackie okay? and Jeb with Rami from CHS Field. Brakes are cut and I'm blindfolded. <laughs> this view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.